Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So let's just get into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 23rd of August, 2023. First story. Depressingly common these days, Bank of America terminates account of Christian charity that supports orphaned Ugandans. Okay, trends of canceling Americans for wrong think seems to be alive and well after Bank of America decided to completely shut down a bank account held by a Memphis-based Christian nonprofit called Indigenous Advanced Ministries. The organization, which is known for various charitable operations such as its support of impoverished and orphaned Ugandan children, is notably Christian, pro-life, and opposes the concept of marriage being shared by anything other than one man and one woman. The Bank of America issued a letter that it was canceling Indigenous Advanced Ministries' account on April 24th. The financial institution gave the group only a 30 days notice. The notification read, quote, Upon review of your accounts, we have determined that you are operating a business type. We have chosen not to service at Bank of America. Representatives of the group say they have repeatedly asked for a justification for the sudden shutdown. About a month later, Bank of America sent a follow-up message and stated, Upon review of your accounts, we have determined you are operating a business type. We have chosen not to service at Bank of America. In reaction to the debanking, uh, Indigenous Advanced Ministry board members Steve Happ and Bob Phillips pinned a letter to Tennessee Attorney's General Office in order to request assistance on the matter, saying, quote, being forced to transition so quickly caused a date, great deal of trouble for us, begins the letter. It also disrupted our mission to Uganda in June, and we were temporarily unable to pay salaries in Uganda. We were left very confused. Our mission work, supporting Ugandan children and families throughout U- indigenous Ugandan ministries, has remained the same since we were founded and first opened our accounts with Bank of America. The Alliance Defending Freedom, a nonprofit legal organization that works to protect the constitutional rights of Americans, also moved to contact the state's attorney general. We filed a complaint, they said. B, uh, Bank of America has denied that religious values ever played a role in its controversial cancellation. They're like, no, we just hate children and orphans. We hate charity. It has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with uh, helping people, I guess. What could the other excuse be? While Bank of America claims that religious beliefs, quote, are not a factor in any account closing decision, the firm curiously cannot point uh, to the exact part of its policy claiming it does not serve uh, service debt collections upon being asked to do so by the Daily Mail. Yeah, it's it's because you're not down with the gay. You're not down with the gay – They don't see that as a religious thing, even though it obviously is, even though this is obviously two conflicting religious moral framework worldviews, and they have chosen to debank and discredit 
and attempt to destroy the Christian religion. So this is a matter of uh, religious freedom, and Bank of America is just following the line of all of the big financial institutions in this country as they were to systematically disempower Christian they're, – they're Christian enemies, I guess you could say. So again, becoming more and more typical, and there's a lot to read into that. Maybe we'll get back to that a little bit later. Meanwhile, we have videos from this. We can uh, play some of these as B-roll if we want, six, seven, and eight clips. Parental rights activists clash with far-left counter-protesters in L.A. over LGBT curriculum in schools. Arrests are made. Parental rights advocates and far-left LGBT activists were at odds with one another Tuesday in Los Angeles as the former protested against policies of the Los Angeles Unified School District, which many have claimed to serve to indoctrinate children on an LGBT agenda. Sort of in line with our last story, right? This is a question of religious freedom, whether your moral outlook is allowed to exist in public or whether the antithesis of your religion is taught to your children by the public schools. You know, another way to frame this, right? It's like a parent activist and LGBT activists. I guess if you want to uh, frame this a different way, it's uh, the parents of children in schools are protesting against what's being taught to their children in those schools and counter to them are a bunch of childless political activists who find meaning from their indoctrination of children and political activism and are there to demand that other people's children be taught what they believe regardless of what the parents of those children believe themselves. So who do you – whose side do you land on in this? The people with the children who want their kids left alone and not indoctrinated into a philosophy that is completely counter to their – deeply held religious morals or the gay activists who are demanding that your children be indoctrinated by the state into their alternative sexual lifestyle. Hmm. Which side is the good side? I wonder. Meanwhile, the rush towards COVID madness continues. Reuters has the story. U.S. government awards $1.4 billion for the development of new COVID therapies and vaccines. U.S. government said on Tuesday it had awarded $1.4 billion for the development of new therapies and vaccines against COVID-19, including a $326 million contract with Regeneron Pharmaceuticals for a next-generation antibody therapy for prevention of infections. The funding of Regeneron is part of a $5 billion initiative dubbed Project Next Gen by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. This is the part that we've mentioned, but maybe deserves a little bit more scrutiny. How much of the you know, new COVID hysteria that's being drummed up is just because the pharmaceutical companies found their profits lagging after the madness of COVID died down and the vaccines were proven not to just, not just to be hugely unsafe but also horribly ineffective i mean it's very very convenient when you can create the demand for the product that you want to sell and then not have to actually sell it to customers but receive mass billion dollar contracts from the u.s government that you control it's very 
convenient feedback loop for the medical tyrants. Meanwhile, from TexasScorecard.com, federal judge says Texas cannot reject mail ballots with wrong voter ID. Federal judge ruled that Texas election officials cannot reject mail-in ballots with wrong or missing identification numbers. Why? Who's to say? What's the justification behind this? There isn't one. Why should you accept a ballot that is not verifiable, that does not have an ID or has the wrong ID number on it? Why would you want to accept that? Why would you have to accept that? Literally no reason. U.S. District Judge Xavier Rodriguez found that voter ID requirements violate the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. It violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Right. Right. So it starts with black people not being able to sit at a lunch counter, and it ends with us not able to verify a vote that was sent in anonymously by mail. Incredible. Rodriguez agreed with the U.S. Department of Justice that providing a correct voter ID is, quote, not material in determining whether votes are qualified under Texas law to cast um, uh, or vote or cast a mail ballot. <laughs> Why? Again, just no reason. Just absolute madness. Madness across the board. Ever repeated cycle of propaganda from here on out until we give in. Until we give in, of course. Lots and lots of videos to show you. We're going to start off with a video today just for a little bit of fun, just for a little bit of uh, have a good time. Start off in the right mood here on this Wednesday morning. This is a 14-year-old girl (laughs) absolutely, absolutely shaming, I mean brutally mocking the school board in California. (laughs) It's... She's not even even really making a point. Let's just let's just take in this energy. Let's just appreciate that a 14 year old girl is just mocking the hell out of a bunch of grown adults who can't handle being told the truth. This has to do with, of course, like the sexual indoctrination. And it seems like this clip is a follow up. Seems like she had previously come to say something to the school board. And they got outraged and couldn't handle it. And you see it over and over. It's these people who demand that pornographic books be in your child's elementary school, actually pushed on your child by the elementary school. But then when you try to go read those books at a, in a room full of adults at a you know, school board meeting, they will shut you down and say, how dare you? This is totally inappropriate. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the point, idiots. So. Apparently that happened previously, and then this 14-year-old girl just took a couple minutes out of her day to humiliate and shame the supposed adults who are supposed to be running our school system. Let's watch. So here she's, she's handing out papers. And they're like, we're going to hand them back to you. You're not allowed to give us papers. Ask your lawyer. I don't think you're running the sir. No, but ask your lawyer. I just immediately flips the paper over. I'm not going to read this. Yes. You're intimidated by a child. The rules. Uh, please, the rules say that you cannot hand us paper. 
Please follow the rules. She's like, are you intimidated by a child? Here she goes. At the end of the last board meeting, a few of you board members were triggered by the facts and truth my mom, myself, and a few of the other commenters spoke about. I did a bit of digging online, and I discovered a way to follow up on the airing of your grievances regarding the public speakers at these meetings. It is called the Hurt Feelings Report. Hotels and resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge worthy drama, is back. 
along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Yeah, this is it's the exact level of dismissiveness and disdain that everyone should have for public servants, people who are in positions of even minimal power that they exert over the American people that then demand as they violate your rights or indoctrinate your children is something that you don't believe uh, and then demand that you treat them with the utmost politeness and respect when telling them that you don't want your child being taught that they need to chop off parts of their body to be whole. I mean, these people, and again, it's like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be nice if our tyranny was just upfront about it? It honestly would be better just to have some German commandant like you will do as we say or you will be punished for it. It's like, whoa, dude, all right, that's – I get it. You're going you're gonna to beat me up if I don't do what you say. I understand that. It's almost worse to have this like, um, we're just uh, trying to be as loving and accepting as possible as they're just like stepping on your throat. Just like, yeah, look, it's – I understand that you're mad, but you have to follow the rules of decorum here. They're just like showing pornography to your child just – these people are awful, and they're awful in a way that is is new on the world stage, in a way that is – it's a tyranny that is like maternal and, and it's the Dolores Umbridge energy that we always point out, and it deserves to be treated exactly like that brave little girl just did. Mockery and dismissiveness and outright disdain and contempt because these people – We'll play the victims, TikTok lady, just saying, just going through all of the all of the all of the bizarre and questionable coincidences that have taken place during the Maui fires. Uh, here is the video. Maui, it's just coincidence. So it's just a coincidence that the police chief was the same man in charge of the Las Vegas shooting. And it's just a huge coincidence that property owned by millionaires and billionaires like Jeff Bezos, Oprah, and the founder of PayPal remained untouched while the land of the natives burned only a few feet away, literally. And it's just a huge coincidence that the island had the largest system of outdoor sirens in the world, yet they decided not to sound them or alert anybody in any way. And it's just a huge coincidence that they closed all of the schools, sent all of the children home, and turned off the water as soon as the fires started so that people couldn't put them out. And it's just a coincidence that under orders, policemen blockaded the exits, didn't allow anyone to evacuate, and forced them to jump in the water to save their own lives. And it's just a coincidence that the island is set to be the very first to operate on 100% renewable energy. And to do so, they must significantly decrease their CO2 emissions. And it's just a huge coincidence that one month prior to the fires, the mayor issued a press release highlighting his commitment to the United Nations 2030 Agenda of Sustainable Development.
And it's just a coincidence that Hawaii is the only state to have submitted a voluntary local review, which is a framework and goal set to achieve sustainable development. And it's just a huge coincidence that BlackRock and the United States government are two out of the three largest landowners on the island who have been trying to buy up the land from the natives for the past few decades who refused to sell, and both of them are part of the renewable energy agenda. And it's just a huge coincidence that the survivors' homes that are still standing are now being evicted. And it's just a coincidence that the fact-checkers saying that all of this is a coincidence are owned by BlackRock. At this point, if you believe that all of these are coincidences, you are the crazy one, not me. Google is not going to come out and tell you what's going on, and even if they did, a lot of you wouldn't even believe it unless it was from a government or fact-checking website. But guess what? They're not going to tattle on themselves, so you need to think for yourself. We should be absolutely enraged about these fires. We really need to stand up and do something, because things like this are just going to keep happening, because we allow them. Yeah, exactly. Very well put. All these coincidences, all these wild coincidences. Don't ask questions. Don't look into it. Don't do your own research. Remember, mainstream media tells you what a what a mistake that is to actually look into this stuff. Now, there's two sides to what's happening in Maui. There's the speculation and the confirmed facts. Now, you can get all riled up that there's speculation going on, but can you blame us? Can you blame anybody for just filling in the blanks, filling in the, the spots between the lines? Because what we do know, what has been confirmed, paints a picture that is, let's just say, to attribute everything that happened in Maui to mere incompetence stretches belief. What we know happened is that the policies implemented by the authorities in Maui made everything worse, contributed directly to not just the fire starting and spreading quickly, but to people burning alive in their cars as they ran into roadblocks as they were trying to escape. Don't trust me. Trust the AP News. Trust the authoritative newspapers of record. When they say things like, in deadly Maui fires, many had no warning and no way out. Those who dodged barricades survived. They say, as flames tore through a West Maui neighborhood, car after car of fleeing residents headed for the only paved road out of town in a desperate race for safety. And car after car was turned back towards the rapidly spreading wildfire by a barricade blocking access to Highway 30. Blocking access. Now, Alex Jones is in studio, ladies Looks gentlemen. like mass murder. Who would do that? We just did the biggest Andrew Tate interview ever. It's off the chart. It's going to air tomorrow. Just want to give you the first exclusive. It's all in the, it's in the can. Two-hour interview. Boom. Fantastic. That's, it's, it's one, of the, one of the secrets that we have at Infowars. When I walk in and I see Alex interviewing somebody big, and I'm like, do I talk about this? Do I, do I tease this a little bit? Uh, so there you have it, folks. Alex Jones just finished a two-hour Andrew Tate interview. Uh, he said it'll air tomorrow, right? So everybody look forward to that. Every once, every once in a while working here, you get a little, little preview of what's to come. I didn't hear what they were talking about, though, so I can't give you any inside details. But stay tuned for that. It's always, it's always kind of – sometimes I come in the building. Usually in the morning, it's very low-key. Not everything's set up. 
and actually, I'm just going to take a moment now. We'll, we'll return to the Maui stuff in just a second, but I've been thinking about this for a while. Because I started working here six years ago, almost seven years ago. And when I started working here, there was one studio. It's a studio that War Room broadcast out of. We were on YouTube. We were on all these different things. There was no band on video. There was the Alex Jones show, and there were a couple reporters and a couple people making segments. I think the nightly news was going on at that point. But it's amazing how much InfoWars has grown and continues to grow. And some of the stuff that we're doing now, I mean, we are still on the cutting edge of technology, of social media. You know, Chase Geyser recently came on the team and has been coming out with awesome, like, AI-generated content once again putting us on the on the forefront of that activity coming out with what looks like real trailers for real fantasy movies starring alex jones just like really cool stuff and it's only going to get better from there oh in studio don't tell him i'm praising him get out of here chase now but what he's been doing and we actually have the uh video one of the other things i don't know can i talk about the can i talk about the transcripts can i talk about what's been happening you can okay so We've been running programs, or Chase has been running programs to basically, I don't know, how do I put it, to digitize and make available 20 years of Alex Jones stuff. And just every day, he's sitting in his office, Jay, Harrison, you got to come see this. And it's like a clip from 2002, 2001, where Alex Jones is saying exactly what we're still saying today, right? Been consistent for 20 plus years. Warning about the same stuff, warning about stuff that 20 years ago may have seemed crazy, may have seemed out there, but now has been fulfilled. And so we've been going back into the into the transcripts, into the archives and are finding just hundreds of examples of Alex Jones predictions that eventually came true. Dozens of examples of Alex Jones saying things that at the time may have seemed crazy that now have been proven out to be factual. So we've gone from one studio to three massive full production studios, this show, uh, American Journal, uh, The War Room with Owen Schroyer. Uh, no, nobody from InfoWars has been under arrest for their activism yet seven years ago. We didn't have to have Bandot Video. We didn't have to have our own servers and our own, uh, you know, s- streaming site that we have to pay for. Uh, in some ways, it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier. We were like almost coasting, I think. Seven years ago, we were still on YouTube, still on Twitter. Hadn't been sued into oblivion. But luckily, we knew that uh, things weren't always going to be that good. So thanks to Alex Jones uh, for seeing what was to come. And we'll, we'll get into just how profit-like some of what Alex has been saying for the last 20 years been uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit but i'm very proud that infowars not only is still here like the fact that we just exist is amazing but the fact that we've expanded so much built up so much we're doing so much more now and we're only getting started and with so much of uh, what we've been doing behind the scenes whether it's you know retaking the social media landscape TikTok or Instagram or some of the AI stuff that we're working on. And it's not just the AI-generated content. It's using AI to empower us to be able to go back and look at old shows and see what we talked about before, find points where we talked about stuff previously. 
and bring it back. And even just so yesterday uh, with the Tucker interview of Colonel McGregor, and he talks about Victoria Newland having some sort of some sort of hatred of Russians that goes back to her immediate family being abused by the Russians and, and how it appears as though our foreign policy is being used by people to carry out personal vendettas in the most destructive way you can possibly imagine. And, of course, that's something that if you're an American Journal viewer, you know I've talked about quite extensively over the last little while. So I thought I'd go back to the show right as we invaded Ukraine – or not we, right as Russia invaded Ukraine. And it took me like an hour and a half to scroll there. <laughs> I went to the, the American Journal Rumble channel and just started scrolling down. It, literally, it took me like an hour just, just scrolling on my phone, just like scroll, 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 scroll. Just we come out with so much content. We produce so much content, and that's just one show. We have three shows with three to four hours of content every single day. If that's not worth a visit to InfoWarsStore.com, I don't know what is. But we'll get, we'll get back into the Maui story. Still have just so much stuff to cover, and we'll be taking your phone calls throughout the second two hours of this show as well. But I do want to remind you, support us at InfoWarsStore.com. We do not take your support for granted, and we do everything that we can to earn and deserve the funds that you know we, we understand that you work so hard for. We don't just uh, take it as a matter of course. We understand that in these increasingly financially termula- – uh, uh, financially – tumultuous times it's not easy to uh support something that is not totally necessary we think this is totally necessary and we really do appreciate your support and just know just rest easy knowing that anything that you purchase at infowarsstore.com not only is going to be a fantastic product but the proceeds go directly into our never-ending and tireless fight against the new world order Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. A fight that we are taking into new and exciting realms. All right, let's get back into uh, Maui here. Because, again, whether it was space lasers or arson or just pure unrelenting incompetence, this smells of mass murder. It looks an awful lot like designed homicide on an epic scale. So, again, from AP News, not from... Some, you know, small-time press outlet. This is the AP News. They say as flames tore through West Maui neighborhood, car after car, 
fleeing residents headed for the only paved road out of town in a desperate race for safety. And car after car was turned back towards the rapidly spreading wildfire by a barricade blocking access to Highway 30. They say one family swerved around the barricade and was safe in a nearby town 48 minutes later. Another drove their four-wheel drive car down a dirt road to escape. One man took a dirt road uphill, climbing above the fire to watch as Lahaina burned. But dozens of others found themselves caught in a hellscape. Their cars jammed together on a narrow road surrounded by flames on three sides and and rocky ocean waves on the fourth. Some died in their cars while others tried to run for safety. The road closures, some because of the fire, some because of downed power lines, contributed to making historic Lahaina the site of the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. And there were many more problems that day. In some ways, the disaster began long before the fires started. A flash drought in the region provided plenty of kindling, and Hurricane Dora brought strong winds to Maui as it passed roughly 500 miles south of the Hawaiian island chain. Those winds downed at least 30 power poles in Maui, and the Hawaiian Electric had no procedure in place for turning off the grid, a common practice in other fire-prone states. Video shot by Lahaina residents show a down power line setting dry grasses alight, possibly revealing the start of a larger fire. And, of course, on top of that, you have the fact that kids were sent home from school that day, and while their parents were at work— kids at school there was no warning no usage of the very sophisticated emergency signal setup that they have there these are all just meaningless coincidences they're sad i mean the mainstream media will tell you they're sad but they also tell you that don't look into it don't ask questions about it how dare you and of course they always try to frame it as if asking questions about what actually happened somehow insulting or exploiting the people that suffered couldn't be farther from the truth. People on the ground, everything I've seen from them, they have questions as well. And we're just here to try to find answers to this. But on top of that, you have to understand who we're dealing with here. You have to understand the lengths that the globalists are willing to go and have gone to achieve their goals and how human life and so-called environmental concerns are nothing. They're barriers to their control that they're willing to smash through and overrun without the slightest hint of hesitation. I put this out on, on Twitter yesterday, but I think it relates closely to what's happening in Lahaina. I said the fact that America blew up the Nord Stream pipeline pretty much tells you everything you need to know who we're dealing with here. After all, it caused a massive environmental catastrophe. We attacked a country that we are not officially at war with. It crippled the industrial capacity of one of our main allies, Germany. The guilt of America or our allies was extremely obvious, but it doesn't matter because the mainstream media will never investigate it. And it also shows that the American intelligence community is capable of pulling off insane acts of terrorism requiring the complicity and silence of possibly thousands of people. Our country is run by psychos whose every statement about saving the earth or international law is a bold-faced lie whose hypocrisy and vindictiveness knows no bounds and who openly commit war crimes without the slightest concern of repercussions. Just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind that the very same people that are reshaping your entire society, making you eat bugs, telling you not to have children, like who are willing to – do anything to save the earth are also the same ones who will blow up an underwater pipeline and spill 
God knows how many thousands of tons of gasoline or natural gas into the ocean, killing God knows how many animals. It's just, it sort of proves that they're not totally legitimate when it comes to their very deep, they'll tell you, their very deep held concern for the earth and environmentalism. So I'm sitting here trying to think of a good comparison to make, a good analogy to come up with. I don't think I have to, though, right? So I was going to say, you know, something like uh, somebody's really concerned about their diet, but then you catch them just like eating an entire cake. It's like, oh, okay, you're not really concerned about your diet. You just, you're performative. You're acting like that for some reason, right? I don't need to make that up. What we're dealing with here is people that will do whatever it takes. They'll shut down your farms. They'll replace your food with bugs. They'll sterilize you and initiate assisted suicide in order to save the earth, lower carbon emissions, and then they'll go out and blow up a pipeline underwater, getting us ever closer to nuclear exchange in World War III. You can ignore their protestations. You can ignore their performative caring about the environment, pedophilia. We'll, we'll expand on that in a little bit. But first, another video of another free thinker just recognizing that Alex Jones has been right the entire time. Clip number two, Alex Jones, the prophet. Hey, but you got to just really at least hand it to Alex Jones. Like he nailed it. This was 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. This is what he was saying. Uh, does any of this sound familiar? All right, we're going uh, to pull out and then, uh, retranscode that because the, the audio is a little bit messed up. So what happens when you get um, video from different sources. Sometimes they don't uh, comport with our track. But that's okay because we have another video that I wanted to go to here. Clip 17 relates to what you just heard Alex Jones show. Uh, Alex Jones say, again, 20-plus years ago about transgenderism and pedophilia. This uh, person on uh, social media asks, why do the pedophiles care so much about supporting LGBTQ plus rights. Let's watch. Why do the pedophiles care about lesbians, bisexuals, homosexuals, and transgenders? If I am a pedophile, I don't want to go to jail. I'm a celebrity. I'm famous. Ritualistic sex is what we do with kids. It's part of our demonic culture. I want pedophilia to become normal. I want it stricken from the criminal code altogether. I'm going to push LGBTQ because if a child is old enough to decide I never want to have children, take my testicles, take my ovaries. If an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old child is old enough to make those three decisions, how can you argue that they're not old enough to decide to have sex? The argument of the pedophile is going to be backed up by this LGBT crusade against our children because in their sick minds, they are rationalizing the argument before the courts. If he's old enough to say, I don't want my testicles, if she's old enough to say, I never want to have children, if he's old enough to say, I want to live my life as a girl, if she's old enough to say, I want to live a life as a boy and I don't care about having kids and she can say this at 12... Is she not also old enough to decide when she's ready to have sex? That is going to be the argument that the pedophiles are going to take into court. 
LGBTQ is the mask the pedophile movement wears to get their agenda pushed. Seems pretty obvious now, doesn't it? Seems pretty obvious now. It wasn't obvious 20 years ago when Alex Jones was making the argument, but that is clearly what's going on here. And all that is to say that just don't fall for it. Don't fall for this idea that somehow you have to accept the indoctrination of children, the brainwashing of children, the exploitation of young people who are going through difficult times in their lives, who are struggling with self-perception or self-esteem or changes in their bodies to exploit that, to take advantage of that, to indoctrinate them into a mindset that is not uh, you know, without damage. It's not just something that, oh, they believe it and they don't believe it. They're actually performing medical procedures based on these beliefs. They're crippling children for life based on this indoctrination. So I get that there's probably a lot of our audience and a lot of people that aren't our audience that feel like they have a responsibility to be open-minded and to be accepted. <laughs> it's either that or this is a uh, live view of the uh, New World Order and the globalist just trying just trying to take over the world we're just trying to indoctrinate everybody into a death cult we're just trying to put everybody in an open air concentration camp where they serve us forever and own nothing and we're immortal and they're just our servants what's wrong why can't we just do this in peace and at every turn at every pass they find info wars there to uh, to f- annoy them <laughs> we are the fly in the ointment we are the unignorable resistance to their program that's us right there Infowars, patriotic cats at your disposal i used to have a cat like that it was infuriating all right uh we're gonna get into some political news here some political stuff i don't know why that video was cracking me up and actually this has to do with sort of what we've been talking about InfoWars, the 20-year saga that we've been on, the 20-year odyssey of being proven right. That's it's what, it's what we have to do. It's the burden we've taken on to be right, to be called all sorts of names, to be denigrated and attacked, in some cases physically, in some cases legally, but to never give in, to never bow down, to never capitulate regardless of the pressure they bring to bear against us. And the good thing about just going with the truth, relying on the truth, having our principles firmly rooted in truth, is that we don't really ever have to change our mind. We don't really have to do me a culpas and, and change what we believe. The things we believed back then are the things we believe now. I remember being at odds with uh, conservatives in my own family back during the Iraq war, being told that actually it was justified. It was good. It was necessary. Aren't you a patriot? If you're not with us, you're against us. Me, meanwhile, listening to Alex Jones, getting the full scope of the world events and understanding that what we were engaged in in Iraq had nothing to do with spreading democracy, nothing to do with Saddam Hussein being a intolerable tyrant had everything to do with globalist machinations, warmongering for reasons that are obscure but determinable. 
Now, flash forward 20 years, all those conservatives I was arguing with are on our side. I haven't changed. I haven't moved. I haven't gone from being against the war in Iraq to understanding that it was a necessary thing. No, 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 no. Nobody's done that. You got neocons still clinging on to it because they need the lie, just like any old, any cult member will do. But for those of us that really try to embody the empathetic and loving view of the world where we actually can empathize with the people in Iraq being bombed for reasons beyond their control. We've been sitting comfortably while everybody else has moved over towards us. Now, one of the things that Alex Jones really first got on the map for was, of course, 9-11. 9-11. And now Vivek Ramaswamy has, is posing such a threat to the establishment, I guess. And I know there's questionable things about Vivek, and I'm, I'm aware of – I guess he – got a scholarship from a George Soros organization at some point and his book that he wrote last year, the year before. It's not very nice things to say about Donald Trump and the falsified election in January 6th. I get all that. But watching Vivek Ramaswamy on any show these days is a breath of fresh air. It is a truly important and necessary step. Because you got Trump as the bulldog, as the populist, as the rabble rouser. And all he's needed this entire time as he barrels through the opposition and clears the path is to be followed by people who can calmly and intelligently and respectfully and thoroughly back up the claims of the MAGA movement, can explain them to people, and can face off against ghoulish hags at places like CNN in a way that is powerful and convincing. So that's what Vivek Ramaswamy has been doing, and it's been wonderful to see. Now, we showed you the interview yesterday, Caitlin Collins questioning Vivek Ramaswamy. And maybe we should play that again because there's also a misreading that I'm seeing spread on, on uh, places like Twitter. So I want to try to explain... I want to try to like break this down in a, in a timeline sort of way. So Vivek Ramaswamy, I guess, goes on. I'm not sure whether it was the Atlantic article first or the Alex Stein show first, but while he was on Alex Stein's show, which congratulations to, uh, to Alex Stein for not only getting these massive interviews but then asking the questions that caused such a stir. Remember when he, remember when he used to call in to uh, American Journal when nobody had ever heard of him? We're proud. We're proud of the the small part we've played in uh, helping Alex Stein or in some way contributing to his monumental and very impressive rise. But it was either that interview or it was the interview with The Atlantic. Uh, so Alex Stein asked Vivek Ramaswamy, do you think 9-11 was an inside job? Do you think the government is telling the truth about it? Vivek Ramaswamy's answer is like, we know the government wasn't telling the truth about it. We have declassified documents now that show that for 20 years, the involvement of the Saudi Arabian intelligence was hidden and obscured and, and not put in the official reports. We know they lied about it. This is not objectionable. It's not even controversial. This is just reality. He's just expressing reality. Then I guess there was an Atlantic article, but then he goes on CNN. We played the interview yesterday where – 
Caitlin Collins is sitting there going, you didn't immediately say no when he asked, do you think 9-11 is an inside job? Why not? Why won't you say that? Will you say that now? Say that now. Say that now. And that alone sort of shows you how far we've come as a culture that it used to be that you couldn't question anything about the official story. If you question the official story, you were a dangerous conspiracy theorist. Now it's like there's like, can you at least say that it wasn't the American government doing it? We get that we lied a lot about 9-11 and that it was a cover-up and there were international forces that were hidden by our own media and the 9-11 commission. But will you not say that and will you, put, will you say it's not an inside – say it's not an inside job. Say it's not an inside job. So we, pl- we played that interview yesterday. Here's the, here's the misinterpretation of this that I see. Tim Poole wrote, why would anyone give Caitlin Collins the time of day is beyond me. She is as stupid as a media personality can be without drooling in front of the camera for an entire hour. That's wrong, Tim. That's not what happened in that interview. That was not Caitlin Collins being stupid. That was Caitlin Collins employing extremely sophisticated linguistic programming, not for your benefit, not for the benefit of any of us, anybody watching this show right now. Because we can see through it. We identify what she's doing. Some people think she's being stupid. She's not being stupid. She's being manipulative. She's being extremely talented and successful in using linguistic programming, using trigger words like conspiracy theorist that activate parts of her audience's brain to understand where they're supposed to fall in this question, how they're supposed to respond, what the acceptable opinion is and what is the outside of the bounds of decency question that you're not allowed to ask. And it'll stick there even when it's proven that what they're reporting is wrong, what they're reporting is false, even when it's, you know, comes out that a statement that he made is out of context or whatever. Like they're doing it out in the open now. They're doing it in an obvious way. And I really hope that Americans aren't so ignorant to the uh, techniques and tactics of the mainstream media that they are going to fall for this. Again, because they're being so blatant and, and obvious in their tactics. So Vivek Ramaswamy didn't come out and give a speech about 9-11. He didn't write an op-ed about 9-11. He never made a, a comment, as far as I can tell, about 9-11 that wasn't prompted by a question somebody else asked him about 9-11. So they'll take a statement that's perfectly reasonable, understandable. Really, anybody should be on board with this if you're even remotely aware of what's going on in the world or what's happened in the past several decades like everybody knows now that there were aspects of 9-11 that were hidden by the united states government now you can go a lot farther than that uh like infowars has but they've taken this obvious fact that ramaswamy says where he goes look the government lied about parts of 9-11 we know that now because of the declassified documents that were declassified uh, 21 years ago they take that statement then they hammer him with questions about stuff that he didn't say, and then they take his response to that and claim that he is now a 9-11 uh, denier. He's a truther. He thinks 9-11 was an inside job. Now he has to answer for this. It's the same playbook that they ran with Trump about you know, things like racism and stuff. 
Again, they're doing it so obviously and in such a a manufactured and, and unnatural way that it's really kind of bizarre that they would even try this, and it shows their desperation. It's showing their hand. So Politico has a story. Vivek's, Vivek Ramaswamy's 9-11 comments face scrutiny after CNN appearance. Again, he didn't go on to talk about 9-11. He didn't even make comments about 9-11. He was asked questions about 9-11, and he gave honest, truthful, and very reasonable answers. And now they're ginning this up. They're manufacturing the idea in people's heads that he is somehow a dangerous conspiracy theorist because he simply acknowledges the revelations made by declassified documents having to do with Saudi Arabia's intelligence agency being aware of and actually in contact with, possibly training and providing material support for the hijackers on 9-11. What they say is he faces scrutiny. Oh, now he's facing scrutiny as if they're not the ones scrutinizing him. It's just happening out there somewhere. The GOP presidential candidate claimed that an Atlantic article misquoted him, but then the publication released the interview audio. Now, actually, in the interview with CNN, Vivek Ramaswamy says – I don't remember saying that. I don't think I said that to the Atlantic person. I think he misquoted me, and I've asked him for the recording. He says, I've asked the Atlantic author for the recording to verify that that's what I said because I I think he's misquoting me. The Atlantic reporter refused to give him the recording, but he was eager to give it to the news stations once they questioned Vivek Ramaswamy. So, I mean, you can just see the strategy, the playbook, the play-by-play, right? Ask Vivek Ramaswamy a leading question about 9-11. Take his answer out of context. Make it look bad. Question him about it live on CNN in a you know, gotcha style. Take his response. to. Uh, meanwhile, you have the recording. You know what he said. You don't tell him that. You don't show him the recording. They could have easily, when they asked him that, said, well, here's the recording. Here's you saying it. Now respond to it. Instead, they quote an Atlantic article that they know that he has an issue with. They know he thinks he was taken out of context or whatever. Like, it's just a... It's just a shell game they're playing. It's just a kabuki theater thing they're carrying on. So during a CNN appearance Monday night, anchor Caitlin Collins questioned him about the comments, to which Ramaswamy responded that they were actually about the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. He made a similar comment suggesting he was misquoted to Semaphore. But on Tuesday afternoon, The Atlantic published interview audio that verified the original quote about 9-11 was correct. Oh, my God. What did he say? What did he say? He must have said something crazy about 9-11, right? No, of course not. What he said kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. So I understand why he's like, wait. What? And this happens, this happens to me too. People say, well, you said this on your show. And I'm like, I did. I don't, I don't even, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I must've misspoken. It must've come out wrong, whatever it is. I mean, you show me the tape, but I don't, I don't think I ever said that. So it's not true. It just happens when you're giving a lot of interviews, when you're talking a lot. Sometimes you try to make a point that the other person misinterprets or that comes out the wrong way and does, doesn't mean it reflects on your actual ideas. It's just, that's what happens. Ah, oh, shoot, I've gone on too long. All right, I want to play this video uh, of the interview. Vivek Ramaswamy regarding his quotes about 9-11 compared with audio disproves his claim that he was misquoted. We'll show that in just a second. But again, just to illustrate the – like we'll show that in the next segment. But this is actually an accurate way of phrasing this from the therap.com. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy bristles at Caitlin Collins' questions over 9-11 comment, comments, quote, this is lifting the curtain on how the media works. Yeah, it's a hit job. It was a hit job against him where they have like recordings that they aren't giving him, but they are sharing with each other. 
They're trying to set him up to say something that they know they have a recording of him contradicting. It's a game they're playing to try to discredit him in an attempt simply to smear him with the label of conspiracy theorist unhinged. They did it with JFK, uh, RFK Jr., rather. They did, they did it with Donald Trump, of course, and now they're doing it with Vivek Ramaswamy. And this person, I, I have trouble believing this person is legit, but I went to their profile and it seems like they really are just a, a leftist moron. And whether or not this is a serious thread, which, again, it, it's so absurd, it's hard to believe that somebody actually believes this. But I think this is sort of more honest than what the mainstream media is saying. So Max Twain on Twitter, I think he might be a troll, but either way, he says, Leak, Ramaswamy staffers are revolting over the new 9-11 truther direction of the campaign. Direction of the campaign. So now it's gone from... Vivek Ramaswamy being asked about 9-11 and giving a truthful answer. Things in the commission were wrong. They've admitted that now. They covered things up. To Vivek Ramaswamy is a 9-11 truther. To now Vivek Ramaswamy's campaign has taken a 9-11 truther direction. Now the whole campaign is about uh, being a 9-11 truther. From him being asked a question about 9-11 and him answering in a perfectly reasonable way. Totally insane. This person reports, and again, I don't believe this, but it's f- funny to consider. Staffers who thought working for the businessman would be a highlight of their resumes were shocked to see him blame the U.S. government and call 9-11 an inside job, something that he absolutely never did. And we get to watch in real time as the mainstream media manufactures controversy from whole cloth and tries to impose it on Vivek Ramaswamy about 9-11 of all things. Again, this story, this story by Max Twain, Max Twain on uh, Twitter, it's such a joke. I mean, I don't believe this is true, but it points to – it's more true than not true, right? It goes from he's asked a question about 9-11. His answer is basically the government lied about aspects of it, which we absolutely know to be true. It's unquestionable. They've released the documents now showing that things were hidden from the 9-11 commission report. So him just answering honestly and truthfully about that has turned into his campaign has taken a turn towards 9-11 trutherism. That's the focus of his campaign now. It's totally bizarre. They say key staffers have been instrumental in pushing anti-Vivek stories to the press in the last 48 hours as the candidate tripled down on his defense of 9-11 trutherism. Done, done no such thing. Just total lie. Initial reaction to the candidate's first truth or comments were met with nervous humor with staffers calling him Alex Jones Jr. until it was revealed the infamous InfoWars host had proudly boasted something similar. Did you know that, guys? Did you know that Alex Jones had boasted something similar? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-ch- 
Chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To this, uh, I think you mean Alex Jones was far and away the leading advocate for 9-11 was an inside job. I believe he is the one who popularized that entire saying, you absolutely incompetent moron. How do you not know this? Where have you been in the last 20 years? Just hilarious. WTF, are crisis actors next? A senior senior staffer said with a journalist covering the campaign, senior staff have pressured the candidate to issue a full apology before organizations of 9-11 victors and first responders took note of the comments. Well, do those victims of 9-11 and the first responders, are they aware that aspects of the Saudi Arabian uh, intelligence agency was involved with 9-11 and that that was revealed in declassified documents published by the Biden administration in 2021. If they are, then what are they, what's the problem that they would have with Vivek Ramaswamy? Again, you're just seeing a totally manufactured crisis, a totally manufactured controversy being imposed on Vivek Ramaswamy. Apologize to the 9-11 victims as if it's hurting victims at all. And even the slightest, as if it's not in service of the victims to tell the truth about the attack, to point out what is now known about the attack. Again, I don't know about that thread. I, I think it's mostly false, but it's hilarious how people reveal themselves. It was discovered that Alex Jones had said similar things. Yeah, I guess kind of. Yeah, he kind of did say similar things about that. Okay. But The Hill has this story. Ramaswamy battles controversy ahead of pivotal, uh, pivotal GOP debate. Like, do you understand how manufactured this is? Is it coming clear to you how easy it is for them to do this and for this to actually have a tangible effect on a campaign? Where he says the truth about something that has to do with 9-11, suddenly it's he's a truther. Suddenly that's the the direction of his entire campaign. Suddenly it's going to be a cloud hanging over him. Now, assuredly, the other people at the GOP debate will bring this up. Say, I just don't think we should be ruled by somebody that blames our government for the 9-11 attacks. Like they just – complete lies, just complete fabricated nonsense that he never said. Throw it out there as if he said it and then force him to respond to it as if he said it. Total straw man nonsense argument. So we played the interview yesterday with Caitlin Collins where he said, he was like, I don't think I, I don't think he quoted me correctly. I asked the Atlantic author for the tape so I could confirm that that's what I said. He refused to release it to Vivek Ramaswamy. Instead, he released it to the media outlets who set Vivek Ramaswamy up so they could get this victory over him. Just we're watching in real time the manufacturing of this so-called controversy that isn't controversial at all. Let's go to clip number 16. Uh, Here's the follow-up from Caitlin Collins, who, again, is not stupid, is being extremely sophisticated, and is not speaking to us, the people that understand what's going on, but is rather programming the mass NPC followers to plant this in their head that Vivek Ramaswamy is a crazy conspiracy theorist and he can't be trusted. Couldn't be farther from the truth, but that's what they're going with. Clip number 16. Night. Vivek Ramaswamy said something that it turns out wasn't true. You're saying that you were misquoted here. So we will take your word. Yes. You're saying you're, that you were misquoted here. The quote in question there was this one from The Atlantic, from Mr. Ramaswamy, 
where he said, quote, I think it is legitimate to say how many police, how many federal agents were on the planes that hit the Twin Towers. To be clear, there is zero evidence that the U.S. government had agents who were on the planes on 9-11. So I asked him to explain that quote. And on this show last night, Ramaswamy insisted that the reporter, John Hendrickson, had gotten his words wrong. But are you telling me that I'm your quote you is wrong, wrong here because actually. it says how many federal actually, agents were on I, the planes in the Twin Towers? <laughs> Yeah, when I, when I actually, and this is just lifting the curtain on how media works again, I asked that reporter to send the recording because it was on the record. He refused to do it. But we had a free-flowing conversation. After our interview, The Atlantic released the audio, more than four minutes of it, actually. And here is the part with that quote that was in question. What is the truth about January 6th? I don't know. We to? can handle it. Whatever it is, we can handle it. But what government is it? agents, how many government agents were in the field? Right? You mean like entrapment? Yeah. It, absolutely. Why can the government not be transparent about something that we're using? Terrorists, or the kind of tax abuse by terrorists, if we find that there are hundreds of our own in the ranks of the day that they were, that they were, I mean, look. Well, there's a difference between entrapment and the difference between a law enforcement agent I, 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 I think it is legitimate to say how many police, how many federal agents were on the planes that hit the Twin Towers? Like, I think we want it. Maybe the answer is zero. Probably a zero, for all I know, right? I have no reason to think it was anything other than zero. But if we're doing a comprehensive assessment of what happened on 9-11, we have a 9-11 commission, absolutely that should be an answer the public knows the answer to. You just heard it yourself. He was, in fact, quoted accurately. In an email to CNN after that audio was published, his spokesperson said, the audio clearly demonstrates that Vivek was taken badly out of context and even this small snippet proves that. We continue to encourage The Atlantic to release more of the recording rather than their carefully selected snippet so that the full context and reality is exposed. I should note that spokesperson did not explain how he was supposedly taken out of context. The reality is that Vivek Ramaswamy is running to be president of the United States. He will be on that debate stage tomorrow night. And he says this is a central message to his campaign. This campaign is founded on the truth. The truth. We will not back down from so the they're, truth. They're attempting to uh, undermine his, his whole campaign. Yeah, this probably has more to do with other stuff that he said, and, and we'll get into that in just a sec. Because we're going to continue on this because this is like – because we need to because it's 9-11, because it's the outsider, because it's watching. And, and what we're trying to do is, is dissect this – completely manufactured controversy, the so-called scandal. Clearly it was taken out of context because what he's talking about in the context of January 6th, in the context of entrapment, which we know, I mean, look at the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping hoax where everybody involved was an FBI agent except for one or two guys who were swept along, not the ringleaders or anything. The ringleaders were in fact federal agents. So like we know this happens. This is obvious. It's not good or okay or something we should ignore. You have the taken out of context Atlantic quote, you have the gotcha questions. You have the framing as if he's a 9-11 truth, which, again, like 9-11 was an inside job. I think everybody is aware. Infowars, my personal stance on that. But we're talking about perception in the wider American public. And this is an attempt to discredit Vivek in the eyes of those people by framing him as a conspiracy theorist, by undermining the central pillar of his campaign, which is that he's a truth teller, that he relies on truth, that he bases his decision and his beliefs on facts and evidence. 
and they're trying to insinuate that by like a, like an offhand comment during a free-flowing conversation with an, an Atlantic author where he simply says, like, if there were federal agents on the plane, wouldn't you want that included in the 9-11 commission? Yeah, that's essentially what he said. I mean, the quote is, I think it's legitimate to say how many police, how many federal agents were on the planes that hit the Twin Towers. Maybe the answer is zero. It's probably zero for all I know, right? I have no reason to think it was anything other than zero. He explicitly is like, he's like, I don't think there were federal agents on the plane. I have no reason to believe that. Why would there be? It's kind of stupid. But if there were, wouldn't you want that in the commission? Wouldn't you want that included in the official government report of what happened? Oh, controversy. Oh, controversy. Oh, dear. It's ridiculous. It's insane that not only is this being focused on at all. I mean, it's just pure manufacturing of of outrage. Probably has little little to nothing to do with his actual comments about 9-11. It's just a vector of attack that they feel they've opened. But the way The Hill is reporting it is Ramaswamy battles controversy ahead of pivotal GOP debate. Yeah, I'm just... I know I'm kind of repeating myself, but like I, I really want to get across how easy it is for them to do this, how easy it is for them to take an out-of-context quote about anything even slightly controversial in, like, at all, take it out of context, then put that on the candidate, say, now you have to respond. Now your whole campaign has to focus on disabusing the American people of this idea that we've now planted in their head that's totally false, it's totally unsubstantiated that you're a 9-11 truther. Now that's what your you know, response has to be. And if you don't get it just right, if you don't come to us with a full-fledged apology, how dare I ever suggest that America hid things from the 9-11 commission? I mean, sure, it's been revealed in the declassified documents, but I'm supposed to ignore that. I'm supposed to pretend like we know everything that happened that day and that merely questioning in the slightest the truth of of anything having to do with 9-11 is somehow you know offensive or you know downplaying what happened i mean it's ridiculous all of this is ridiculous but we have to pay attention to it and i really hope and i don't know i mean he's a smart guy he's very very clever he's very very capable at turning these things around if i was him I would be arming myself with 9-11 truth or material. If this comes up, if the other GOP opponents see this happening, I mean, because they'll take advantage of this. They'll play this game. Sure, the media despises them just as much as they despise Vivek. But they'll go along with their enemies if they think they can get a leg up. And they'll probably come out on the debate stage tonight and say, you know, Vivek, I think you're a really nice guy, but when you said that 9-11 was an inside job, that is an insult to the good people of our government. I guarantee you someone's going to say something like that at the, at the uh, debate. So if I was Vivek Ramaswamy, I'd do the old Trump move. I'd go, oh, well, let's, uh, let's take a look at some of the things the American government said about 9-11 and just start going down the list. I mean, he doesn't have to go so far as, as we do at InfoWars. He doesn't have to actually say it's an inside job. Because there's plenty of information out there about the dishonesty, the cover-ups, the bizarre uh, circumstances of the 9-11 attacks. There is more than enough official, documented, mainstream media information about the failures of the American intelligence community and all these sorts of things. I mean, I would. I made the joke yesterday. But, like, how funny would it be if when they're like – when somebody inevitably brings this up and tries to impose this controversy on him, 
He's like, well, let's talk about the dancing Israelis. Let's talk about Saudi Arabia's involvement. Let's talk about the cover-up. Let's talk about why this wasn't released. Let's talk about how dishonest the American government has been to the American people and the devastating impacts of the lies that they've told. Let's talk about weapons of mass destruction in the war in Iraq. Let's talk about what that's gotten us over the last 20 years. Let's talk about Afghanistan and what a ridiculous failure that was based in no small part from the lies that surround the 9-11 event. I mean, I hope he does something like that. Like this could be an opportunity, a real opportunity to expose the, the vast majority of the American people who are shielded from this information, the truth about what happened on 9-11. And that would be the way to, uh, you know, to jujitsu or what's the, well, you know, turn it, turn it back on them, right? They're attacking him. They're claiming he's a 9-11 truther. What they're doing is open up, opening up the door for things they really don't want out there. The questions they really don't want anybody asking. And that would be the way to uh, really make them regret manufacturing this whole controversy. From the Hill, again, who's like, he's, he's, he's squat, you know, he's uh, absolutely failing in this controversy. This controversy has taken over his campaign. Totally made up, total nonsense, total manufactured media uh, idiocy. But they say in an interview with the conservative Blaze TV in early August, the candidate said, I don't believe the government has told us the truth. If you believe the government sold us the truth, you're dumb. You're not paying attention. Clearly, they lied about a lot of stuff when it came to 9-11. Official documents confirm that. He says, again, I'm driven by evidence and data. What I've seen in the last several years is we have to be skeptical of what the government tells us. This is how he should – this is what he should do. He should take all of the inconsistencies about 9-11, all of the inconsistencies about all of the various terrorist attacks that we've predicated entire wars on and point out that the reason people don't trust the U.S. government is because they're not trustworthy because they're willing to lie about major, major events. They lied about the creation of COVID, the gain-of-function research. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It could have killed untold millions of people with that. And they lied about it and they covered it up and the media went along with it. This is really opening a very wide vulnerability for Vivek to attack if he chooses to do that. And I think he might. Ramaswamy said during the interview, when asked if the 9-11 attacks were, quote, an inside job or exactly what the government tells us. And of course, he responded, the government lied about it. Obviously, he didn't say it was an inside job. Maybe he should have. Because that's what people are going to believe either way. Separately, in an interview with The Atlantic published Monday about the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol, Ramaswamy said, I think it's legitimate to say how many police, how many federal agents were on the planes that hit the Twin Tower. Again, drawing the parallel between January 6th and 9-11, saying if there were official you know, undercover agents on the planes of 9-11, wouldn't you want that reported? Wouldn't that be a part of the investigation? Obviously it would. Obviously there's nothing objectionable about asking that question. At all, especially when he doubles down and says, I don't believe there were, but if there were, wouldn't that be something you'd be interested in? 
He says, like, I think we want maybe the answer is zero, probably it's zero for all I know. I have no reason to think it's anything other than zero. But if we're doing a comprehensive assessment of what happened on 9-11, we have a 9-11 commission. Absolutely. That should be answered. The public knows the answer to. Yeah, duh, obviously not controversial at all in the slightest. The 2024 contender said, of course not, when pressed whether he believed the 9-11 attacks were an inside job. He says, of course not. But it says the biotech engineer has also recently taken heat from fellow GOP candidate Nikki Haley over comments he made during an interview with Russell Brand earlier this month, in which he suggested he would negotiate an Abraham's Accord 2.0, which would, quote, get Israel to the place where it is negotiated back to the infrastructure of the rest of the Middle East, such that further aid to Israel won't be necessary after 2028. So maybe that's what this is about. Maybe that has more to do with this completely manufactured controversy than anything else. Maybe it's the fact that there are billions upon billions of dollars every single year being sent to Israel and that a presidential candidate floating the idea that Israel just be treated like any other country is a danger to that flow of American taxpayer money. So maybe they need to manufacture a controversy in order to smear him, put him on the defensive, and keep him from talking about such things. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, he could combine both of these, talk about how it wasn't just Saudi Arabia, but also Israeli intelligence. Uh, You can also go to the Substack where we publish our rundown every day as well as a collection of videos. Last few days have been huge collections of videos, 60, 70 videos a day that we're putting out there that you have access to. Uh, if you become a subscriber to that Substack, lots of ways to support us in this information war by being our repeater stations out there. I want to go to a video. And it just it goes to show the links that Regular police officers have to go through just trying to defend themselves against the policies of the leftist DAs and prosecutors who refuse to uphold the law in total violation of their oath and purpose of existing. And this is sort of in line with other stuff that we'll talk about later this hour. We'll take your phone calls as well this hour, but we're going to talk about some COVID stuff, COVID vaccines being declared a bioweapon in Florida hilarious and accurate but also you've got san francisco area residents protesting against the homeless hotel that they voted for you've got new york residents protesting against the influx of migrants that they voted for just you look around you see things falling apart in america all you have to ask yourself is this because we're more liberal or less is the left is the is the are the leftist policies being implemented having positive effects or having ubiquitously negative effects, having nothing but negative effects? Are you going to change your voting patterns based on the results of your voting patterns, or are you going to continue to delude yourselves into thinking that somehow the negative effects mean you have to vote even harder for the same people over and over? That's up to you to decide. But obviously one of the most tangible and horrifying effects of the last several years and the rise of the far-left insane people is the massive increase in crime, including violent crime. Here's a police officer in Houston talking about how he has had to deal with this and the effects it's had on his life. Troubling stuff. 
but at least he found a, a bit of a way around it. Here's the video. From what we did, I got sick and tired of every time I arrested somebody that when I came back to work the following week, there he was on the streets again. I was arresting him for the same crimes. And some of these crimes were felons in possession of a weapon. And I look him up and he's out on a PR bomb. I put him back in, he's out. One of them seven times in a row. So I got a little ingenious. We have a system called DIMS where we file charges. It's changed now, but same difference. One little line on page four says, initiate federal charges, yes or no. We've always been taught, put a no in there. Well, guess what? I started putting a yes in there. Because when you got dope on you and you've got a handgun and the DA's office in the Harris County Jail won't keep you, the feds sure will. And guess what? The last five people that I did that, they, the smallest sentence was 10 years, one got life. These were the same people that Harris County D uh, District Attorney's Office, Kim Ah, was putting back on the streets. So what was my recourse? Getting yelled at by the chief of police at the time, our chief deputy. Don't do that again. You can't tell me not to do that. And we have good patrol deputies and detention officers that are willing to do this, but we're being told by our, I'm tired now, thanks to one of those repeat offenders, I was arresting him for the seventh time when he broke my neck and gave me a traumatic brain injury, which is why I'm now retired as of three years ago. But had he not been out on the streets, I'd still be in uniform today. And I wouldn't have lost half my retirement thanks to Garcia Indian's office. It's, it's, we need a report out of Florida. Clip number four, Florida to officially classify mRNA COVID shots as illegal bioweapons. Let's watch. The vaccine turns out it's back in the news. Republican Party leaders on the Space Coast are minutes away from officially calling on the governor and other state leaders to ban mRNA-based COVID vaccines immediately. I-Team Chief Investigator Mike Magnoli has more on what exactly is going on. Mike. Good evening, everybody. Well, in their own words, the leaders of Brevard County's GOP say that they believe the vaccines are a biological weapon. As you say, this is the executive committee of the party in Brevard. They haven't hit send on this letter yet, but that vote coming up at 6.30, and I'm told it's fairly likely going to pass. If it does, they're asking state leadership to make it illegal to give or to take mRNA vaccines in Florida. In this four-page letter, complete with footnotes, Brevard County Republicans cite sources which led them to a stunning conclusion. Here it is in their own words. Government agencies, media and tech companies and other corporations have committed enormous fraud by claiming COVID-19 injections are safe and effective. Strong and credible evidence has recently been revealed that COVID-19 and COVID-19 injections are biological and technological weapons. If approved, this letter will be sent to Tallahassee at a time when a grand jury requested by Governor DeSantis is investigating those very same vaccines. That grand jury's job is to determine whether pharmaceutical giants who brought the mRNA vaccines to market broke any laws and should face charges. It's already illegal to require anyone to get the COVID vaccine in Florida, but if state leaders go along with Brevard's request, no one in Florida would be allowed to get those vaccines. Today, the federal government sent a very different letter to drug companies calling on them to make the COVID vaccines cheaper and more accessible, anticipating an increase in demand come flu season. The Brevard County Republicans gathering right now. That vote is expected sometime during the six o'clock hour. But I can tell you there is major support for this going forward. 
Hey, local news doing an honest report. Isn't that nice to see? And, of course, this is the way that they do it, right? Never before in the history of modern medicine, the history of humanity, obviously, has an mRNA vaccine ever even been attempted because one of the aspects of RNA viruses is that they mutate so quickly that vaccines are, by definition, ineffective and actually can cause major problems as if they do not stop transmission, then what you're doing is creating the condition by which mutation happens more rapidly and you have anti-dependent enhancement, uh, antibody-dependent enhancement. Uh, So never before in the history of ever has there been an mRNA vaccine. They rush it through. They use the virus that, by the way, they created in a lab in China on purpose, released on purpose, right? I mean, you want to talk about a bioweapon. We got a bioweapon to solve the problem created by a bioweapon. It's what happened. So they use this extenuating circumstance. They use this unique opportunity that they create to force everybody, not just to release the mRNA vaccine, but to mandate it, to fire you from your job if you don't get it. And we even have heard the interviews of people like Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates saying, you know, well, it's this new magical technology, mRNA, but we don't have the impetus to start rolling it out. We have to have some sort of global pandemic, and then we'll have the opportunity to release it. So never before seen mRNA vaccines. They come out with it. It is entirely ineffective. They lie about its effectiveness. They lie about its safety. They lie about everything that has to do with it. They force it into people's veins. They take your tax dollars, spend billions upon billions of dollars to the pharmaceutical companies to release it. But I'm getting off the point here. The point is that they do something that's totally new and unprecedented. And then if you try to undo it, you're the bad guy. And they act like we've always done it this way. Why are you trying to change everything? No, everything was changed by you. And now we're trying to just get back to normal, actually. Same thing that happened with mail-in ballots, right? Mail-in ballots as a widespread thing, as you know, being sent out to everybody, whether they ask for it or not, having drop boxes with no verification, doing it without ID, uh, no way of confirming it, totally breaking the chain of custody, billionaires vote uh, harvesting or whatever you call it. Like These things were brand new in 2020, never before seen before 2020. They implement them. And now you have to try to fight to just get back to the way it was before, even though it was an emergency situation, even though by all justification, you know, all the justifications they use to impose mail-in balloting are no longer in place, except, of course, they're ramping up COVID again. Big surprise, big coincidence there. But if they were honest about it, it'd be like, look, this is a temporary measure. We got to do this right now because COVID, because COVID's super scary, because lockdowns. And then once those are over, they'd say, yeah, we don't need mail-in ballots anymore. That was a temporary one-time emergency measure. We had to do that, and it was super safe, by the way. It's ridiculous, but that's what they say. But instead, what happens is they use these emergency instances to completely change the rules of the game, to introduce something never before seen, and then to demand that it's permanent, that it never go away. That would be the way that things are done forever for some reason. And if you try to roll it back, well, you're, now you're the bad guy and the conspiracy theorist. Same thing they do with the LGBTQ books in schools, right? These books have never been allowed in schools before. This type of perversion, literal, hardcore, cartoon pornography. 
in a first grade classroom. What? That's never happened before, but they do it. And if you try to go back to how it was last year, now you're the bad guy. You're the book burner. You're the Nazi for trying to oppose what they just came up with. So that's what's happening with mRNA. They come up with this brand new thing. They impose it. Now people are having to fight to try to roll it back. And of course, they'll be called uh, conspiracy theorists and, and all those other names. But good on Florida. If only we had more people like that active. Now, somebody on Twitter replied to this announcement saying, uh, cringe, in what world are life-saving vaccines considered bioweapons? Let me, <clears throat> let me stop you right there, Michael. Uh, these are not vaccines. They changed the definition of vaccines. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These don't qualify as vaccines. They're not. And they never were. Until you change the definition. Which is very convenient but also completely dishonest. Sovereign Bra responds to this, saying your life-saving COVID vaccines are killing teenagers from heart attacks and have caused 80% of all vaccine-related deaths in the last 30 years. Look for yourself. And here you have the VAERS COVID vaccine mortality reports through August 11, 2023. And you see from 1990 all the way up through 2017, it's pretty much sitting at zero. Oh, until 2020, when you have a massive spike Upwards of 20,000. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. But see, this is another one of those graphs, kind of like the voting miracles that Joe Biden experienced. Where the natural climb of vote tallies takes a straight up shot in the middle of the night when nobody was around to see if the votes being counted were legitimate. And apparently thousands, hundreds of thousands came in for Joe Biden and not a single one for Donald Trump. And it's, it's one of those sort of um, tests, like a Rorschach test. It's like, can you see the inconsistency here? Can you see the year that's different than the other years in this chart? If not, it might be because you're willfully blind. For a decision against the obligation to wear masks in schools during the corona period, which has since been rescinded. So this was a judge in Germany who was asked to decide whether the mask requirement was legal or not. He said he did not think it was legal. He did not think that the schools or the government had the right to impose mask mandates. He issued that decision and he has now been sentenced to two years in prison for making that judgment. A judge has been sentenced to two years in prison in Germany for issuing a judgment. Isn't that kind of terrifying? Family judge from Weimar has been convicted of, a, uh, convicted of a controversial decision against the mask requirement. So there you go. I just, I mean, what do you even say about that? They come to him, people suing say, we don't think the government has a right to impose mask mandates. He reads the law, he reads the arguments, he decides in favor of the plaintiffs. 
And now he's been sentenced to two years in prison for performing his job as a judge. Kind of like how Trump's lawyers have just gotten their mugshots taken for providing the services of a lawyer to a client, which is interesting. Let's go now out to your phone calls. Tex Colorado in North Dakota, we think is somebody else. Thanks for calling in, Tex. Thanks for calling in, Tex. You're on the air. You will be in a second, guys. Line one. All right. Thanks for calling in, Tex Colorado. You're on the air. Yeah, well, actually, it's not Tex Colorado. That's my brother. He was in North Dakota. I'm Kid Minneapolis. Oh, you're Uh, Kid Minneapolis. I'm sorry. Kid Minneapolis, yeah. Look, I have a beef with the way that you guys are uh, describing uh, gay people, you know, as pedophiles, right? And I think this this has been going on for a long time. It's kind of like uh, revisionist history or, or what I like to call ideological creep. Like you start saying, hey, I don't think that, you know, it's okay for gay people to get married. But then a couple of years later, you're saying, I think all gay people are pedophiles, right? What I would say wrong. is that No, you, not right, actually. It, well, actually, right. we well, never well, said that. Well, I would say, actually, that's a, okay, actually, that's a complete misinterpretation that. of everything that we said. But go ahead. Keep going. Okay. So what I would say is that you guys have described the pride flag, you know, uh, lately as as a pedophile flag and describe gay people as pedophiles. What I think is more accurate is to say that Christians are pedophiles because the most prolific pedophilic community in the whole world is Catholic priests. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're saying so many, hold on. You're saying so many wrong things. I can't just let you keep going. We're going to, going to run out of time before we address all of these. First of all, the uh, instances of uh, pedophilic violation uh, amongst public school teachers is something like 100 times higher per capita than amongst Catholic priests. So uh, public school teachers would be much more viable. Also, in a per 100,000, I believe the instances of uh, pedophilia in uh, Jewish communities significantly higher amongst uh, rabbis than priests. But that's okay. Uh, One of them has gotten all the media attention. Uh, The others uh, don't get as much attention. Although, how many times do you see stories about teachers uh, compared to priests? And you're falling for a media trap. So that's not true. Also, I mean, the whole idea is that you are opening the door and people are using the cover of of LGBT, of gay, trans sort of stuff to take advantage and to pave the way for pedophilia. In the same way that if you say we don't want trans people able to go in, you know, we don't want men in women's bathrooms, it's not saying that all trans people are automatically perverts that are just going into the bathroom to spy on people. What it's saying is that perverts will use that to spy on women if you give them the opportunity. In other words, and then if you call them out on it, they'll say, oh, they, they just are anti-trans. So they use the cloak of these movements to, you know, uh, uh, cover up what their actual ideas are. So, wait, Stephen Joseph, a Catholic priest, reported that the frequency of pedophilia amongst Catholic clergy is no higher amongst the general population, and a Catholic priest is no more likely to be a pedophile than an average male. So, and again, I'm not, I'm not defending ca- Catholic pedophile priests here. 
they and the Catholic Church obviously has a problem with the way that they deal with those accusations. I'm not uh, denying that either, but you're, you're relying on false information. And uh, if you really want to point to uh, a group that is uh, more pedophilic than anybody else, I think public school teachers would be up towards the top of that list, which is concerning since they're the one the ones leading the charge for LGBTQ plus indoctrination. So uh, there's that. But again, it's not saying that gay people are all pedophiles. Although if you look at the stats, there's a much, much higher uh, level of pedophilia in the gay community than in the straight community. That, again, is just statistics. Uh, you can read into it whatever you want, but that's just how it is. Uh, but it is saying that pedophiles will use the LGBTQ cover and the claims of tolerance to promote their agenda and it's up to gay people and LGBT people like gays against groomers to stand up against that and not allow that to happen. Right now, what you're seeing is people allowing that to happen, which is why we're in the situation that we're in. So don't put words in our mouth. We didn't say all gays are pedophiles because uh, that's obviously not true. So why would we say that? Instead, what we're saying is that pedophiles are using the cover of LGBTQ to perv on children. Are you in favor of that, Patty? No, of course I'm not. And 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 by the way, it's Texas, Colorado. It's I'm not sorry. Patty from Boston. No, so it's Kid it's, Minnesota. Let's get it straight. Kid Minnesota. I can't even remember what the last lie I told was. <laughs> In any event, <laughs> it's, you know, and this is a this is a good example of oh, tell the truth all the time because it's not hard to remember. Right. But it's hard to remember your lies. Anyway, look, I I just think that there are a lot of right wing. Everything you said is is true. I I. I I hear what you're saying, but it is an increasing, uh, you know, theme on the right that everybody who's gay is necessarily a groomer, right? And I'm not saying you, Harrison, say that. I'm not. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, your mouth, or Alex or Owen or anybody on on the network. What I'm saying is there is a lot of there are a lot of people who consistently say that basically anybody who's gay is a groomer and that's not true and that's dangerous nonsense and we have to stop doing that and we've got to stop that but if but if i mean uh, beyond pedophilia you you can groom people to be gay right like just in the same way that you know i mean they're making it illegal now to uh have like conversion therapy where they're trying to groom people not to be gay like you understand that that's a tactic people have you can't write that uh here's an interesting uh, little graphic for you here average yearly cases of child sexual abuse catholic priests versus uh, public school employees i haven't double checked this but they give you this the source down there at the bottom if you want to and of course you know there's more public school employees than there are Catholic priests, so this isn't a one-to-one -one per capita comparison. Still pretty startling. And if you're saying, you know, where are you most likely to be abused, I mean, forget per capita, this is it. This is the uh, numbers that you need. So sort of horrifying. For a radio listener, sorry, Catholic priests, 201 cases a year. Public school employees, yeah, around 30,000. Okay, so 201 versus 30,000, and Catholic priests get the uh, bad reputation. So there's that. Right, here's something else I want to show you. Hopefully this won't terrify you too much. But there's a app called Citizen. Gives you like real-time updates about crime. And they've just introduced this uh, aspect of it where you can actually see the registered offenders in your neighborhood. I made the mistake of actually looking at this. And you can see each one of these orange dots is a registered offender in the Austin area. 
Isn't that kind of horrifying? Again, for our radio listeners, there's a lot. There's a lot of registered sex offenders. I don't even know if registered sex offenders. I mean, registered offenders. You don't you don't become a registered offender just for your average uh, misdemeanor. So uh, maybe check this out yourself. See, this is not quite the uh, the rarity that you might think it is. The number of registered offenders in your area is probably astonishing and terrifying. Let's go check that out. It's kind of a big issue, kind of a big problem that we should probably be doing something to deal with, but there it is. All right, back out to your calls now. We've got Michael in Alabama. I'm glad you called in about this, Michael. I have not been able to confirm this story, so I haven't talked about it. I've been trying to do research and just can't make heads or tails of what's going on. Uh, The fact check, which only makes me more suspicious, from AP News, says the Marines did not attack a FEMA convoy in Maui. The claim originated on a parody site. Uh, But go ahead and tell us what you know about this, Michael, a FEMA Uh, director arrested by the Marines. What's this about? No, that's all I'm asking. I haven't seen you guys talk about it or anything. I Googled it, and that's that's all I've seen. I I saw it on uh, social media, and... So I'll tell you what I know about it. I've, I've, I've seen the TikTok videos. I've seen a couple of them. At first, there was – I actually think this fact check has, has some accuracies in it. Um, it says that uh, people on social media are sharing a post falsely claiming that the Marine Corps destroyed a FEMA convoy escaping the town of Laihana for a nearby national park. Excuse me. One TikTok video said uh, that shared screenshots of the post captions said said war. It had more than four thousand views. They say there's no truth to this claim. Uh, Apparently uh, came from a uh, parody source. Uh, Originally, what it was saying was that the Marines found some sort of mass grave site that FEMA was dumping bodies in. Uh, That doesn't appear to be true. Then the claim was that Eric Hooks is a FEMA deputy administrator got arrested by the Marines. Uh, The only story I've been able to find on this, uh, I haven't been able to find anything about it one way or the other. I found this AP article, you know, fact-checking it, however much you can trust that. Uh, But I have not been able to find anything corroborating the idea that this guy was arrested in anything that I recognize as as a trustworthy site. The only thing I really found was this. Was Eric Hooks arrested? Viral article explored as... FEMA deputy administrator allegedly comes under scrutiny and supposedly this guy, Eric Hooks was arrested, but FEMA denied it. The Marines haven't responded about it. So I don't think it's true at all, but uh, it has been spread around. I haven't reported on it because I I just couldn't confirm it one way or the other, but just know that we, we are aware of it and looking into it just haven't come to a conclusion one way or the other as per the report eric hooks was allegedly under arrest on several charges of treason and his 34 page indictment stated that he and his boss fema director deanne uh chriswell ordered fema agents serving in maui in the aftermath of the wildfire to refuse survivors access to food water and other civilian relief efforts so again i just i don't know what to make of this one way or the other it apparently originated on a parody site um, but i can i don't know i can look into it Okay, Greg Reese tells me the uh, sex offender list has been proven to be BS because if a uh, 18-year-old sends a 16-year-old girlfriend a dirty picture and the parents report it, they get on the list. 
which is which is probably true. But however, I will say in the app where you can look up and citizens is not the only one you can look it up elsewhere. Some of them will say like indecent exposure or something or something like that. But there's a lot out there that's like indecency with a child, like forcible sex with a child. There's a lot out there that is bad, but clearly, uh, yeah, we can't just uh, trust that list because as he points out, he says uh, he was friends with somebody who um, uh, traveled the country telling kids not to do this, not to send pictures because they'll be put on a list for the rest of their lives for like child pornography, even though they're just taking a picture of themselves and sending it to their little girlfriend in high school. So thank you, Greg Reese, for, for pointing that out. And I'm not trying to scare people. I just – when I went on on Citizen and was like, oh, offender list, and it was just like – there's 400 offenders in your neighborhood and it's like oh my god <laughs> and you look at some of them some of them are definitely serious some of them not as serious yeah they're not all 18 year olds sending innocent right. pictures to kids. some are some aren't yeah you got to look into it so uh so there you go thank you gregory's for for pointing that out and again i'm not trying to like there's a pedophile on every corner to hide your children that's not what i'm saying at all so uh, but it is a big issue and uh people are taking advantage of the lgbt rights debate to carry out this practice with that let's go to uh robert in brooklyn i'm getting a lot of comments about this as well go ahead robert you're on the air hi good morning, good morning. um first of all i'm concerned about ramaswamy because he supports the tpp the trans-pacific partnership right. and the second point is you know i have a beef with you also i think you're a pathological anti-semite uh there's not a, almost every show that you would do you make some sort of a negative comment about jewish people or the state of israel and while I'm not saying anyone is immune from criticism, when you focus only on one group excessively, proportionally, that indicates anti-Semitism, as Robert Kennedy mentioned when he gave his uh, speech out in, uh, in Manhattan at the Anti-Semitism Forum with Rabbi Teach. Just today alone, you accused rabbis of being pedophiles. You went after so-called Israeli aid. And then you, you, you made up the story about Israelis dancing on 9-1-1. Now, I'm older than you. I don't know how old you were during September 11th. You could talk to Alex Jones. I was alive then. I was over 20 years old then, okay? So let me tell you something. That's, not, that's really misleading what you said, because I don't know any Jewish community that was happy about what happened. No, 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 no. Okay, all right, all right. You're, 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 you're mishearing me, Robert. You're mishearing me. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, rabbis that have proven to be pedophiles, just like there have been a lot of Catholic priests that have proven to be pedophiles. I love Catholics. I love Jews. I don't think it reflects on them in any way, and I don't uh, talk about one and not talk about the other one way or the other. The other thing is it's not uh, – it's not saying that Jews were happy 9-11 happened. It's saying that there were agents of the Israeli government that – by their own admission, were there to document the event and were like pre-positioned before the planes hit the power and uh, hit the towers and were uh, filming it happen. I mean, they did an interview on Israeli television about it, and this is like fairly well known. It's not saying so. If you're taking it out of context, if that's what you're taking. And I'm sorry, that's not uh, what I was saying. I was saying that there were agents of the country of Israel, which is a power structure, just like the United States is a power structure. And I talk crap about the United States government all the time. That doesn't mean I hate the people of the United States, I am one, and I, I, I love the Americans in all groups, and they'll use the cover of the group identity to get away with their bad deeds, right? George Soros, bad dude, literal Nazi, literally packed Jews onto trains to send them east to never return. 
But if you criticize them, you'll get called anti-Semitic because they use the cloak of Judaism to stop you from criticizing bad things bad people are doing. Just like bad people will do things in a pedophilic uh, spectrum, whatever you want to say. And then they'll claim that they're being persecuted because they're LGBT. It's not true. It's a distraction. It's a cloak they're wearing. It's abusing this status, and it's actually taking advantage of the historical uh, oppression that any of these groups have been under. It happens with black people as well. I just tell the truth. Sorry, that's all I do. Don't hit anyone. Love everyone. Love Jews. Love gay people. Could not care less uh, about that. Are you a good person? Do you do right? Uh, Are you in favor of freedom and humanity and beauty, or are you using the cloak of your identity to get away with bad stuff? That's all I care about, and I won't apologize for it. So there it is. Let's go back out to your calls. Uh, Tim in California. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, Tim. I, I do want to go to Charlie in San Juan. Charlie in San Juan is talking about something that we were discussing yesterday. Uh, that is the San Juan mayor who hid Trump relief, destroyed relief materials from Donald Trump in order to uh, get bad headlines about him. Uh, go ahead, Charlie. Thanks for calling in. You're on the air. Hey, thanks, Harrison. That's 100 percent correct. What they did or her administration did was they they trailered all the the donated goods, all the supplies, all the release supplies to a an abandoned airfield a couple of towns away from here. Mm. And one day, a couple of years, a few years ago, uh, this abandoned airstrip, people used it for exercise, you know, running, walking, biking, that type of thing. So this couple looked inside a hangar, and they saw all this pallets, all these pallets of stuff. They saw baby diapers. They saw food. They saw toilet paper. And fortunately for them, they knew someone local who was a reporter at a local small newspaper. They didn't call the authorities right away. They called him. He came out. He investigated. Then they called the police. And they came out and verified the whole nine yards. I mean, like I said, fortunately, they called somebody not, you know, in in the mix, should I say. Yeah, no, I I, it was, I remember it clearly. I remember the photos. Yeah, we're pulling them up here. No one wants to admit they're responsible for millions of uh, water bottles abandoned in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I, I remember this uh, very clearly. What was the response like in San Juan when this was discovered? It was, well, just like everything else with the government, it was pretty much a cover-up, and but they were trying to... Uh, cover up her or the that administration. I can't say it was her, but that the administration, whoever made the decision, they're trying to cover it up and make it look good. But how can you make it look good? Because, like you just said, thousands of bottles of water, you know, went to base, waste. Food went to waste. It was, it was terrible because they threw everything away. Yeah, yeah, and and of course, you know. It was her administration. Like you know, you, not not just one person can pull this off, but the mayor of San Juan was like presiding over this taking place and then going on TV in America and blaming Donald Trump for it. So she definitely was taking advantage of that and um, 
and using it to her own uh, political benefit, uh, even when it was pure dishonesty that she was relying on. Thank you very much for the call, Charlie. I do appreciate it. And uh, it's it's sad more people don't uh, have a memory that stretches back a couple of years for when all of this uh, scam took place. Thank you for the call. Let's go now to, now to uh, Tim in, in California. Thank you. Uh, another story that we've covered a little bit in the past. We haven't covered it recently, but I did have a I had a tweet about that from uh, Charlie Kirk, I believe. You're talking about close encounters. Go ahead, Tim. You're on the air. Yes, an FAA report just came out that says there were 46 close calls with commercial airliners in the month of July alone. Yep. And nearly 300 near-miss incidents so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the question is, how long until we have some instance of mass death as a consequence of these near-misses, you know, actually being a a real miss or, you know, a real hit? Uh, Charlie Kirk says, there has not been a major U.S. plane crash in close to a decade, but according to the New York Times today, there's an exploding rate of close calls due to rising human error and mistakes by air traffic controllers. What could be causing this? Incidentally, eight years ago, the Obama administration started pushing the FAA away from merit-based hiring for air traffic controllers and towards race-based affirmative action hiring. The left will literally kill innocent people in the name of race-based hiring, uh, which I think is uh, at least a part of it, sure. And the New York Times reported that a shocking 99% of air traffic control facilities in the U.S. are understaffed. They found that 310 out of 313 facilities do not have enough workers, and that includes New York's regional facility and Philadelphia Tower, which are now operating at or around 60% of staff or less. And it's so bad, they're burned out and even using alcohol and sleeping pills to relieve stress. Yeah. Yeah, no. You want your air traffic controller doing that? <laughs> right. No, exactly. And and it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. I mean, we've – because we covered it earlier this year. It was probably in February of this year that there were a couple that were caught on video or we had the audio recording where they would have been hundreds of people dead. I mean it would have been bodies on the tarmac if it weren't for extremely quick reactions from the people piling in those planes, making split-second decisions, going against what the air – uh, controllers were telling them to do and taking evasive maneuvers and avoiding total catastrophe. It's a matter of split seconds, whether they succeed in avoiding the catastrophe or whether it happens again. So a lot of close calls, it's only going to get worse if we don't get back to prioritizing merit above everything else, especially in things like this, that is truly life or death. I mean, do we need to put it in economic terms? Like, do we need to tell the airplane companies what a bad thing it would be to have, you know, 200 Americans on a plane die a fiery death and how bad that would do to their stock price? I mean, think about the stock prices. 200 people die. Can you imagine the stock price collapse that would happen? I mean, we can't allow that. We have to hire people based on merit. Like, is that the way to get through? I don't know, because it's only a matter of time. And uh, thanks for bringing that up. I was going to cover it today. Maybe we'll we'll look back and uh, document some of the, the close misses that we've seen in recent history, including here in Austin, a FedEx plane nearly wiping out a jetliner full of passengers until inv- uh, evasive maneuvers were taken. Troubling stuff. Uh, we'll go to one more call if we can keep it short. Uh, Curtis in Florida. Thanks for calling in. Curtis on line 11. You are on the air. Hi, Harrison. Hi. One minute. Hey, I uh, left on the show, Curtis. 
Okay. Well, I just wanted to applaud uh, all the work that you guys are doing, and I appreciate you very much. I'm 61, and my experience is a little like Alex's. I was I grew up around politics, and we saw some embezzlement, and, uh, and a senatorial candidate uh, die on the night of his uh, election uh, victory uh, as he was uh, kind of railing against Monsanto and some of the other uh, farm-related Companies and uh, anyway, so I've kind of been exposed to that, and also in high school did a lot of debate, and that's where I kind of learned about the CFR Trilateral Commission and Kissinger and their plans to. Yeah, so you've known uh, about this for a while. Uh, we're, we're, we're running out of time here. How do you think Vivek should respond? That's what you called in about. Yes, sir. Well, Vivek, uh, I believe, needs to respond the same way Trump did. You know, Trump is very brass. It's his personality, but he calls him out right away and says, you know, you're the fake media. Yeah. Uh, so he's. Uh, that I think should say, you know, I, I kind of I've seen this uh, before. I, I kind of think I know the road you're trying to take me down, and I'd rather focus on the issues at hand. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.